Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Praise the Lord. I have a word for us this morning, and I come with much trembling, uh, like Paul wrote, that the word of God will come with authority and with power this morning. My prayer this morning is that the Lord will use me like a musician will use a microphone or a guitar, that the Lord will use me as a musician will use a drum. Lord, I empty myself completely, that you might feel me, that your word will come with authority, with power, that you speak to us this morning from your word, and that at the end of the day, you will take all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Today is Palm Sunday. That's why I've got a palm in my pocket here, and I've got a palm. Um, This is a very interesting Palm Sunday. Uh, In all my life, I'm still young. I have never seen a Palm Sunday like this. It's everybody's home, literally, almost the entire globe. Um, So this is a time for us as children of God to be sensitive to the season that we are living in, to be sensitive to the times and the season that we are living in. This is a time for us to turn our face to the Lord in prayer, turn our face to the Lord in worship, and seek the Lord like we've never sought him. Amen? This is a time for us as children of God to seek the face of the Lord. Uh, Before I dive into the word, I want to uh, remind us of some things that Pastor already talked about. Um, I want you to remember to connect with the church. The church is communicating uh, services. Uh, We have um, prayer that will be happening on Thursday, uh, 24-hour fast. Um, There's a lot of things that's happening in the church, so make sure you are connected. Uh, If you are not already receiving communication from the church via email, make sure you do what Pastor said turning your information so that you can get the communication. Uh, We also want to applaud those that are in the front line, uh, those that are working in the hospitals, uh, essential services, uh, those that are out there doing the good work, um, taking care of patients, uh, risking their own lives. We want to applaud you. The blood of Jesus is upon you. The presence of God will go with you, and it will give you rest. Praise the Lord. The Bible says uh, there are several things that I want to talk about before we get into the Word. Like Pastor said, this week, this week that we are getting into and the next week is a very prophetic week because there's two things that kind of align, the Passover and the resurrection. They are aligned. I don't know if it has happened in the previous years, but this particular week, beginning Wednesday, April the 8th, through Thursday, April the 16th, that period is the Passover. And of course, this coming Sunday, the 12th, is gonna be the Resurrection Sunday. So the Resurrection Sunday is smack in the middle of the Passover. So we have to be sensitive. This is a week, I will encourage everyone under the sound of my voice, those that are watching from home and those, the few of us that are, we are here, to spend this week and this next week to seek the Lord like we've never sought him, uh, to, to spend time in prayer. I know right now, because everybody is at home, uh, most people are working from home, those that can work from home. Some people have lost their jobs because their services or their businesses have closed. Uh, some of us that we work in the front line, in the hospitals, we are going into the hospital and still doing our work. And about 40 or 50% of the hospital is working from home. So this is an opportunity for you to connect with your families, an opportunity for you to connect with uh, uh, God like never before. This is not the time to spend all your days streaming Netflix. This is not the time to spend all your day watching Hulu and and all the other services that are out there. This is an opportunity, a golden opportunity that the Lord has given the church for us to connect with him, to 
to spend time in prayer, to spend time in intercession. Uh, pray for the church. Pray for the president. Pray for those who are making decisions. Pray for your family. Pray for those who are in the front line. Pray for yourself. This is a time to do a deep soul search. Amen? We are children of God. We are believers. But if you have secret sins, things that you are doing that you know does not please the heart of the Father, this is a time, a, a call for repentance. This is a time to break your heart before the Lord. This is a time to seek the face of the Lord with fasting and with prayer. The Bible says, like Pastor said earlier in 2 Chronicles 7:14, if my people who are called by my name, not the world, my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. This is a time for us as believers, as children of God. Whether you have titles or not, it's irrelevant. You're a child of God. You are born again. You have been washed in his blood. This is a time to lift up our voice and cry unto the living God. This is an interesting time that we are living in. It's time to seek the face of the Lord. It's time to pray. It's time to fast. Amen? It's time to afflict your body with fasting. It's time to afflict your body and seek the face of the Lord. Amen? And if you are watching this morning, uh, you are not a member of Global River Church, you are a member of Global River Church, uh, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You have never accepted him. You've been going to church, perhaps. Uh, maybe you've gone to other churches, uh, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Before we even get into the word, I want to give you an opportunity, even right now, because tomorrow is not promised. Amen? Tomorrow is not promised. Jesus is coming. The coming of the Lord is imminent. The signs are out there. We are living in an interesting time. This is no longer the time to play church. This is no longer the time to be pussyfooting around. This is time to get serious with God. This is the time to get serious with your walk with God. For those of us that we take Bible reading as, you know, I'll get to it whenever. No, this is the time to get to it. This is the time to sequester yourself before the Lord in prayer. Amen. This is the time to develop your appetite for prayer. This is the time to to groan and to go before the Lord and ask God to cleanse you and ask God to remove any evil thing that might be in your heart. This is the time to repair relationships. You know, we have people in the church that they don't talk to that guy. I don't talk to that guy. And this church doesn't talk to that church. This is the time for us to get our heart right before the living God. The Antichrist what is being pro prophesied in the book of Revelation and the false prophet, they are imminent. They are upon, upon the earth. This is the time for us to get our heart right. Amen? This is the time for us to get our heart right. So if you, are, if you are listening and you are, or you are watching and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we are going to pray a quick prayer right now. If you are, the Lord is tugging at your heart right now, and you're saying, brother, I don't know if I'm even born again. I don't know I go to church, but I don't know if I know Jesus as my Lord or my Savior. I want you to say these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I repent of all my sins. I acknowledge that you are Lord. I acknowledge that you died on Calvary's cross. I acknowledge that you, are, you rose on the third day for my justification. Come into my heart right now. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. If you pray that prayer, the Bible said you got born again. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, the Bible says, if you confess with your heart the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you pray that prayer, I want you to con contact the church office. Uh, the church office is still operational, even though it's very uh, skeletal. But you can contact the church office. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. And we'll be here to support you, to hold your hand, to help you in your walk with the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
So today, uh, the word that the Lord put in my heart is a continuation of a message that I preached uh, a couple of weeks ago. The word became flesh. I, I, uh, I have learned not to argue with the Lord when the Lord said, you are going to continue in the same vein because I'm not finished with the message. So I said, okay, Lord. And so open your Bible. If you have your Bible, um, something that I want to ask you, if you are watching from home, please, I need you to do me a favor. Take away any distractions. Don't have the TV open on one side and you are listening to me. Take away any distractions if you're in the kitchen. This is time to hear the word of God. This is the time to honor God and his word. If you're in the bedroom, get a comfortable place. If you're in the living room, get your family together and everybody listen to the word of God. If you have your Bible with you, get it and open it and read along with us. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 20, the Bible says, beginning from verse 1, now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Verse 3, Peter therefore went out and the other disciples and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. Of course, the other disciples that he's talking about is John, because John was writing about himself in the third person. So John outran them and got to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in and saw the linen cloth lying there yet he did not go in. John was doing something like this. He was looking inside the tomb, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter caught up with him, following him, and went into the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. So the linen cloth is one place, the handkerchief is a few feet away from it. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first, which is John, went in also, and he saw and believed. That statement, that phrase alone is very powerful, and he saw and believed. Jesus had told his disciples, these things are going to happen. Jesus had told his disciples that I'm going to go to the cross. I am going to die. And on the third day, I will resurrect. The Bible is now saying here, John, the revelator, the, the, the one closest to the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible said sometimes it was, it was, when they are in a gathering together, John will lay his head on the Lord's chest. The Bible is saying John saw and then believed. So does that mean that he wasn't believing before that? Or he wasn't convinced? The word has to become flesh. Amen? I'm building up. Yes. Verse 9. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. So Peter and John, they went back home. But Mary stood outside the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down, just like John did earlier, and looked in the tomb. And she saw two angels while sitting, in white rather, sitting. At one at the head, where the head of the Lord had been, and the other one, where the feet of the Lord had been. Verse 13, then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she has said this, so think, picture this. She was having a conversation with these two angels inside the tomb where Jesus had lain. 
and she was crying. And she said, and they asked her, why are you weeping? Because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have taken him. While this was happening, <laughs> praise the Lord. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Now, Jesus said to her, almost the same thing the angel said, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She's supposing him to be a gardener. How many times we encounter the Lord and we think he's a gardener? the groundskeeper. She, supposing him to be a gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him, take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. In that moment when Jesus said, Mary, our spiritual eyes, our spiritual heart opened, and she knew that I am talking to the Lord. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Verse 19, then the same evening, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the door was shut and the disciples were assembled. I want us to remember, I'm going to pause for a second. I want us to remember during this time, there was great persecution. So the disciples were hiding, in hiding. And Peter and, uh, and the rest of the disciples, they were in hiding. Very, very similar to what's happening right now. We are all in quarantine in one shape or the other. So these disciples, the disciples of the Lord, they were in quarantine, quote unquote. And they were all assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Verse 24, now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And then the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see the nail, I see in his hand the nail prints, and put my finger in the print of, of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I choose not, be, not to believe. I will not believe. I'm making a willful choice not to believe unless I touch his side, unless I see the holes in his hand. I'm not going to believe. And the Bible said after eight days, the disciples were again together, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the door being shut. He appeared supernaturally in the midst of them and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. God is saying to his church this morning, peace to you. Those who are watching me live right now and your heart is troubled, the Lord is saying, peace to you. Those who are listening in the parking lot and your heart is troubled, God is saying, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it by my side and do not be unbelieving, but rather believing. And Thomas said, answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me and then you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen me, yet they have chosen to believe. 
And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Praise the Lord. I said to you that the, the title of the message is a continuation of the message I did a few weeks ago, which is the word must become flesh. The Bible says in John 1:14, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory as of the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. So what does the word must become flesh mean to you, especially in this season that we live in? We live in uncertain times. Look at the news. Nations are shutting down. Businesses shutting down. Governments are at their wit's end. Healthcare professionals are running and racing against this COVID-19. Who knows what else is going to come behind that? We are in the last days. You know, there are many prophets that God has been speaking to last year, the years before, and even in our year, that what is happening is a sign of the times and the season that we live in. And that's why when I opened the message, I implored us, I begged us, I encourage us, please take this time to get closer to the Lord. Amen? Take this time to sharpen your relationship with the Lord. Take this time to perfect your relationship with the Lord. If there are any hidden sins in your life, this is the time to get rid of it. Get rid of all the baggage. Get rid of all the unforgiveness. Get rid of all the bitterness. Get rid of all the hatred. Get rid of all the sins, sexual sins, per perversions. Get rid of it. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming, and he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. The Bible says, the Lord knows those who are ease. Let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. God is speaking to us this morning. He's looking for a church, a bride, without spot or wrinkle. And as we look at this word this morning, that the word of God must become flesh, God is speaking to us that we need to labor in the place of prayer, in the place of revelation. Lord, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. God has not eaten the times and the season that we live in from us. It's all in black and white. It's written from 2,000 years ago. The word of God has been around. It's up to us to say, Lord, open my eyes so that I might see what you are saying. When you look at the story that we read this morning, it's a preparation for what is, what is happening, the season that we live in, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus and the resurrection. Jesus was just crucified, and it's been three days. And Mary got up in the morning, and early in the morning, and she was going to go and check on the Lord. Because our affection was towards a master. Our affection was towards a Lord. Where is my affection this morning? Where is your affection this morning? She went looking for the Lord. She went hunting for the Lord. She went panting for the Lord. And when she got there, she found out that he's not there because he's risen. Hallelujah. He is a resurrected Savior. There are other religions in the world, and they claim some access to some God. But Jesus is the same yesterday, Hebrews 13, 8, the today and forevermore. He is the only one that pro the, the prophets foretold of him. Many, many prophecies that he perfected and fulfilled perfectly. You're looking for a God, you found him. His name is Jesus, Yahshua, the King of the Jews, amen? He is the resurrected Savior. Mary went looking for, her, for him. And when she got there, she found the tomb empty. Oh, that's the anchor of our faith. Because if Jesus had not written, risen from the dead, we are of all men most miserable. <laughs> but he is alive. Amen? He is alive. He is alive. He is risen. He is risen. He is no longer in the regions of the dead. The Bible says, having small principalities and powers, he made an open show of them, triumphing over them in it. He resurrected on the third day. And so when she got there, the tomb is empty. 
And so she came back to the disciples and said, I go to the tomb, and the, the tomb is empty. And of course, Peter and John, they got up. They wanted to go and investigate. What are you talking about? I was there when they put him in the tomb. I was there when they buried him. And so they got there. And, and of course, John, when John got there, John, well, I don't know, maybe it's reverence or holy fear. He stayed outside. He said, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. And then finally, Peter got there and, and looked inside and, and got inside and, and, and saw that truly the tomb is empty. I'm telling you, it's shouting ground right there that the Lord is no longer in the tomb. We serve a living God. We serve a living Savior. He was on the cross, but is no longer on the cross. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is alive. Hallelujah. He is alive. He is alive. Somebody say, he's alive. Hallelujah. And because he's alive, you and I have life. In him, we have life. When we give our heart to the Lord, he, we exchange lives. He gave us his life. Glory to God. So when you begin to look at this story, the Bible said when they got into the tomb and they saw the, 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 the handkerchief and the cloth that they used to wrap the Lord Jesus folded, then John believed how many things has the Lord spoken to you and me? And yet that word has not become flesh yet. And that's why God is saying to us, we have to contend that the word of God becomes flesh. I'm speaking about the logos becoming rema. The logos, the, sp the written word becoming the spoken word, becoming revelation on the inside of you. We are going to need it in the time and the season that we live in. We, we are not just going to be students of the word of God that we just came over the surface. We, are, we have to dig deep. We have to go deeper into the word of God to say, Lord, show me. Lord, show me what you are saying. God is speaking. The Bible says God does not do anything unless he speaks to his servant, the prophet. What is happening here? God has spoken to his people. This is not anything that's uh, hidden. God knew this was going to happen. This was not a surprise. And so I bring you glad tidings this morning that God has your back. Amen? God has your back. But you have to make sure you are consecrated. This is the time to stay consecrated. This is not the time to be playing double life. Amen? This is not the time to be living double life. This is the time to be hooked on God and stay with him and him alone. Oh, there will be challenging times to come, but the Lord will be with us. Amen? We're already seeing it. We're seeing it in our healthcare system. We're seeing it in our government, in our cities, in our states, in our nations. I mean, think about it. I have never seen what's happening right now. The entire globe on lockdown. It's a precursor to things that are going to come. So God is speaking to his church today that we must contend and, and look to God. Lord, show me what you are saying. Amen? Jesus told the disciples that he would die on the cross and resurrect. If you look at Mark, Matthew 16, 21, from that time, the Bible says, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. I mean, how clear does he have to say it? Does he have to paint it in a picture? But yet, we just read it. The disciples, the leaders of that time, the leaders of the church, the people that Jesus had trained, had prepared for three, three and a half years and groomed them. They saw him. They saw the way he walked, the way he prayed, the way he conducted himself. Yet they missed it. What am I missing, Lord? What are you missing? What am I missing, Lord? Open my eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord God, that I may see wondrous things out of your law. And that's what we need to do right now. We have been given a gift from the Lord. You have time. 
Use that time wisely. Lord, show me. Lord, reveal secrets unto me about what is happening in this season. Oh, the revelation of the Lord is going to be coming fast and furious because the Lord loves his church. Amen? But you have to separate yourself and say, Lord, this is me. If your time with the Lord is uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm not just, don't misunderstand me, I'm not just hammering on the volume, but I'm talking about a connected heart. Amen? But of course, there's something to be said about volume too, amen? Because the Bible will say that Jesus will pray all night. He will tarry in the place of prayer all night. In fact, Jesus told the disciples leading up to Gethsemane, he said, pray with me. I'm going to go up yonder and pray. And when he came back, they were sleeping. He said, can't you guys tarry with me for one hour? Can't you guys intercede with me for one hour? There's something to be said about one hour, a time dedicated in prayer and seeking the Lord. Uh, if you don't know what to pray for, pray for me. Amen? If you don't have any prayer points, pray for Bishop and say, Lord, hold him. Help him to stand. And we need to st strengthen one another in this season. Amen? We need to pray for one another. We need to stand with one another in the place of prayer. We need to lift up ourselves, our family, our pastors, our leaders, that God will help us to stand. If you are looking for something to pray about, I've given you plenty of prayer points. So when you look at this, something else happened in that chapter. After they saw this, they came together. And the Bible said when they were gathered together, we read it together, that the Lord Jesus appeared to them and showed them signs. He showed them his sights. He showed them the nail print. And for some reason, Thomas was not there. I don't know where Thomas was. I don't know if he went on an errand or he was at home. He missed the service. Whatever was going on, Thomas was not there. And so, uh, poor Thomas. <laughs> and so they told him this had happened. We've seen the Lord. He said this to us. He said that to us. And Thomas was like, yeah, right. Unless I see the nail prints, I see the holes in his hand, and I see the wound on his side, I will not believe. Thomas is choosing not to believe. Do you know that you can choose to believe God or choose not to believe God? The gospel is being preached all over the world. And people every day are choosing to believe the gospel and people are choosing not to believe the gospel. So where are you this morning? Are you going to believe what you are reading from the word? Or you are going to believe the fables and the news media and whatever else that's going on out there? Thomas said, unless I see physical evidence, I'm not going to believe. And then the Bible said, eight days later, uh, the, the, the things of the Spirit are mystery. Why didn't God just show up in that moment and say, ta-da, look at me, Thomas. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why, do you? why won't you believe me? Uh, you are one of my disciples. You hung out with me for three and a half years. You saw me walk on water. You saw me perform miracles after miracles. You saw me teach. You saw me demonstrate the kingdom. And you are saying, no, I will not believe. I told you this was going to happen. It wasn't like it was a surprise. I told you that I was, uh, they are going to capture me. They are going to kill me on the cross. And I'm going to resurrect. And you are choosing rather not to believe. And there are people that are watching me this morning. Maybe you are not a member of Global River. You just tumbled on. And you're saying, how can I believe somebody that died 2,000 years ago? This is just fable, some story, some storybook. Oh, no, 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 no. Brother, my sister, you need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And he's gunning for your heart. He's, he's wooing your heart in this moment. He's saying, come, I love you. I died for you. I died for you. It was because of you that I went on the cross. It was because of you that I went on Calvary. It was because of you that I endured the shame. It was because of you that I endured all the, all the pain and agony. It was because of you. It was because of you. So the question is, like they say, the ball is in your court. What are you going to do with Jesus? He's offering you life. 
The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He has come to offer you life. What are you going to do with Jesus? He has come to offer you life. What are you going to do with Jesus? You are born again this morning, but your life is not right with God. You know it. You know the content of your life. You know what you do when nobody is looking. You know what you do in the secrets, in your bedrooms, in your, in your wherever you go. You know what you do. And God is calling you back like the prodigal son. You say, ah, I want to hang out here some more. But God is saying, this is the time. This is the hour to repent and come back and rededicate your heart. God is wooing your heart this morning. God is saying, come on, my son. God, God is saying, come on, my daughter. And you're saying, no, I'm not coming home. You're acting like Thomas. Unless I see some physical evidence, I choose not to believe what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? I believe as I'm speaking this morning, the word of God is taking form in you. The word of God is becoming flesh on the inside of you. It's no longer words on a page. It's coming alive. It's becoming flesh. And it's up to you. And this is the beautiful thing about salvation. God has given us the free will to accept Jesus or to reject him. As a matter of fact, the only sin that people will be sent to hell for is for rejecting Jesus. The only sin that you'll be sent to hell for is for rejecting Jesus. Because once you accept him, everything else will be taken care of. Amen? So, eight days later, Thomas and the rest of the disciples were gathered together. And for effect, the Lord just appeared in their midst. The Bible also made a point to mention that the doors were shut because Jesus is now a resurrected Savior. He doesn't need the door. He just walked in. He stepped from the realm of the spiritual into natural. And it's the first thing out of his mouth, peace unto you. And I say to you this morning, peace unto you. Whatever you are going through, medical challenges, financial troubles. You don't know how you're going to make it tomorrow. You don't know what this coronavirus is going to do to your retirement. You don't know what is going to happen to your family. You don't know what's going to... Maybe your family is separated right now because before the lockdown began, your family traveled and you are over here, they are over there. The Lord's got you. He's saying to you this morning, peace to you. The Bible said Jesus appeared and said, peace to you. And the first, the, the, the first thing that he did was he, he addressed Thomas. He said, uh, Thomas, let me, let me help you. <laughs> let me help you right here. Look at the nail print. <laughs> Look at my side. I am Yeshua. I am the resurrected Savior. Well, I told you. Don't you remember I told you that this was going to happen? That I'm going to be crucified. That I'm going to die that I'm going to go to the regions of the dead, that I'm going to resurrect on the third day. You forgot about that? How many things has the Lord spoken to you individually, spoken to us as a church, spoken to us as families, but we've forgotten. But the Lord is bringing to our remembrance now by the Holy Ghost. He's calling us to our Bibles. He's calling us. Oh, Nekeru Mosia. He's calling us. He's saying, my son, my daughter, come. Come. Come fellowship with me. Come sup with me. Come hang out with me. Come spend time with me. I'm going to show you great and mighty things that you know not. That it's just not going to be letters. The Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The words that are spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. That the life of the word of God will come off the pages and become Yeshua on the inside of you. That you will be a walking knowledge of what is happening in our season. Praise the Lord. God is speaking to his church this morning. You need to come away with me. Come and woo and spend time with me. The Lord is speaking to his church this morning. Come and spend quality time with me. 
Step away from all distractions. Step away from all forms of entertainment and come spend time with me because I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. I will show you hidden secrets uh, because you are my bride. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. And even in this season, as things are becoming chaotic, I've got you in my palms. I will take care of you. Like a, like a boy in a case, like a mother hen watches over his chick. I will take care of you. I will care for you. I will watch over you. Because you are the apple of my eye. I will take care of you. Say the spirit of the living God. I will take care of you. You have nothing to worry about. I am your helper. Those that look to him, they are not ashamed. Those that look to him, those that look to him, they will not be put to shame. So, the Lord was beginning to talk to Thomas. He said, Thomas, look at my side. Look at the nail prints. I am alive. Amen? I am alive. So, that revelation dawned in that moment. We saw in many instances in that passage that we read. And I want to encourage you today, after the service, take some time to read that passage again. And let the Lord minister to you. We saw in many instances, these are the disciples of the Lord. These are the people that were close to the Lord. And the Bible said, and he believed. And in that moment, Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus spoke to him and said, because you have seen me, now you believe. But blessed are you and I. We have not seen him, yet we believe. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to show us some examples of the word becoming flesh in scriptures. I'm just following the leading of the Holy Ghost as he's pushing the word of God out this morning. Thomas would not believe until he touched Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. We are going to circle back, if the Lord wills, to uh, John chapter 20. Acts chapter 8. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 8. I hope this is blessing you for those that are watching online on Facebook because I can't see your face. I know the word of God is touching you where you are. Let's go to verse 26. Praise the Lord. Verse 26. Before we move forward, I just want to take a moment to honor my pastor, Pastor Tom. I honor the leadership of this church. I do not take this privilege to stand before God's people lightly. I appreciate you, and I thank God for you. I thank God for your leadership. Uh, I, I, I want to also honor uh, everyone in Global River that's doing one thing or the other, serving in one capacity or the other, people that are behind the camera this morning, people that are leading the worship. God bless you. The, the heart of the Father is, is thrilled to, to see what we are doing. Uh, beginning from verse 26. The Bible says, Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all that treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. Verse 28, was returning and sitting in a chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. Verse 30, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And God is saying to the church this morning, do you understand what you are reading? Oh, by the way, we happen to have the greatest teacher, the mighty Holy Spirit, who will come alongside you and say, Jason, let me show you what that verse is saying. And say, Bishop, let me show you deeper things than what is on the surface. Let me uncover that for you. Let me open behind the veil, and let me show you what is behind the veil. So Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, 
unless someone guides me. And the Bible also calls him paraclete, the guide, our helper, our strength. And he asked Philip to come into and sit with him. And the place in the scripture where he was reading was, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who would declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And of course, if you're a student of the Bible, you know he's reading from Isaiah 53, 7 to 9. So the Enoch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the same scripture, he preached Jesus to him, which is what I'm doing this morning. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the Enoch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariots to stand still. And both Philip and the Enoch went down into the water, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. Oh, the Philip here line. So that Enoch saw him no more. And he went away on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, several miles away. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So what are the things that we can see from this passage? The Bible talked about this guy, uh, an Ethiopian guy, an Enoch. I did some study about Enochs. Enochs are people that are castrated. I didn't know that until I studied it. I was like, what? Hunok are people that, are, and the reason they did that, uh, for many, many reasons, they did it in, in Asia, in different parts of the world, and, and the purpose of that is so that their soul life is dedicated to the king. Their soul life, because they use them to take care of the women, the wives of the king, so to prevent anything happening, so they just, you know, get rid of that. Praise the Lord. So this guy was an eunuch. And he's uh, like the finance minister under Candace. He's a man of great authority. We just read it. The Bible said he's a man of great authority. But he had a relationship with God. He had a relationship with God so much that he traveled from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship. And after he was done, he was on his way back. Now, he has a connection and a relationship with God, but yet, just like Saul on the road to Damascus, he had not made Jesus the Lord of his life. He was churchy. He was doing all the right thing. He was seeking after the living God. He was pursuing God, but yet he had not been shown that revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, and this is how to get in a relationship with him. And because of his heart and his thirst and his hunger and his desire for the Lord, the Bible said, the Holy Ghost said, oh, today is your day. Hallelujah. And somebody, today is your day. God is speaking to you this morning by the Holy Ghost. Today is your day. Today is your day. I'm not just speaking by myself. I'm speaking by the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, as he was going, the Spirit of God spoke to Philip in his ear. He said, here's somebody. I got a job for you. Hallelujah. I got a job for you. And of course, the Bible said this man was in a chariot. And you know, chariot moves kind of slow and things like that. And Philip ran to catch up with the chariot. And a conversation was going on between him and the eunuch. And he said, what are you reading? Do you understand what you are reading? He said, I, I, unless somebody guides me, how can I? Oh, and the best guy, the only guy that's been given to the church is the person of the Holy Spirit. So every time you engage with the Bible, don't just read the Bible like a storybook. Don't just read the Bible like a literature. Don't just read the Bible out of religion. The pastor said we should read the Bible, so let me get it out so that if he calls me, I'll tell him I read my Bible. 
Don't just read the Bible because you want to check something off your page and get it off your conscience and say, yeah, I read the Bible, get off my back. No, no, no. Read the Bible because the Word of God is living. The Bible says the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is God. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, John chapter 1, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the Word, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him, the Word was life, and the life is the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot understand it. The Word of God is God. Amen? So when you engage with the Word of God, you engage the services or the help of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I might understand what I'm reading. It's more important even in this season and in these last days that we are living in, that we have understanding of the Scripture, that we are not just reading the letters. The Bible says the letter kills. But when the word of God comes alive, then your life is changed. So beginning from that same verse that he was reading in Isaiah, he was reading the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 53. And because he was, he was at the point, he was almost at the tipping point, but he needed a help to help him, to help him to see. And that's why God has set men in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, the fivefold, to open the word of God to us. Not because we can't read the Bible for ourselves, but that's the way the Father has chosen to do it. Amen? He has put his spirit and his graces on different men and women throughout the world. I mean, look at what's happening right now. I'm preaching to you and you're in your house. How long is this going to last? Is this going to ever change? Only God knows. That means you have to be a student of the word of God for yourself. It's even more important now to be a student of the Word of God for yourself. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for the fivefold ministry. God has set them in the church. But if the fivefold cannot get to you, what are you going to do? If the pastor cannot get to you because of a lockdown or some type of quarantine or some type of laws that have been put in place, what are you going to do? You have to be a student of the Word of God for yourself. And time is running out. Time is running out. Oh, God is speaking to you this morning. So in that same chapter that he was reading, by the Holy Spirit, Philip began to teach him that this is speaking of Jesus, the Son of God. And when the word rested on his inside and he received it, he saw what I said, do I need to get baptized here? Let me get baptized here. And Philip said, if you believe, then you can be baptized. So you have to understand that you have to receive Jesus in your heart. To become born again. You must receive him in your heart, not in your head, not churchy, just going to church or being part of a church or your name is on some register in church. Thank God for that, but you must be born again. Nicodemus, we are going to get to that if the Lord permits. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and he was a leader, quote unquote, but the revelation of Jesus was not yet revealed to him. And Jesus, and, and the, the, the thirst, and that's what God is emphasizing this morning, the thirst in the heart of Nicodemus, because he's not supposed to do that. That's why he came at night. Amen? That's why he came at night. He came under the cover of darkness. I don't want people to see me, but I, I must seek out the truth. And Jesus began to speak to him about the word, about himself, about salvation. So if you are hearing me this morning, and you are flaky in your relationship with God, you, 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 are not, you are not settled in. This is the time to, it's a wake-up call from the Lord. It's a wake-up call unto you this morning that you need to shed away every weight and sin that easily beset and run your race, the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Praise the Lord. From that same passage, Philip began to open the word to him. And in a few minutes after that, he got born again. 
and there was joy in his heart. He, he got the revelation. You know, the Bible is talking, the message that I'm preaching on this morning is the word must become flesh. Unless the word become flesh, you'll be looking at it. Pastor is trying to explain it. Pastor Tom is saying, this is what he saying. And you're looking at him like, what are you talking about? Are we not reading the same thing? And you're looking at him. Unless God opens your eyes to see it, it will just be... You know, like it's over the top of your head. And that's why you have to pray and say, Holy Spirit, open this word unto me. I don't want it to just be letters anymore. I don't want it to just be something that I know. You know, it's very easy for us to memorize scripture. And that's good. That's a good step in the right direction. But memorizing scripture is not what I'm talking about. You know, you've seen me quote scripture and quote it from memory. Eh, that's good, but you have to know it. The revelation of it has to come on the inside of you. It has to be daylight on the inside of you. And that's what the Father is saying this morning. You must contend for the revelation of the truth. There are many people that are watching me right now. There are so many TV shows that you can quote what the actor said. You can quote what the other one said. You can quote what the movie said, the plot of the movie. But you can't quote any verse of the scripture. You need to rearrange your priorities. You need to change your focus. You need to rearrange your focus. I'm not telling you not to watch TV. You can watch as many TV as you want. I'm not in your house anyway. <laughs> so I'm not telling you what to do, but, but the Lord is speaking to you this morning. He's speaking to me this morning. What is my day like? What do I spend my day doing? What do I spend my day doing? Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Oz, the book of Osea 4, 6, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are taken into captivity because they have no knowledge. This is what I'm talking about too. It's not talking that my people are destroyed because they don't know how to pray. My people are destroyed because they don't know how to go to church. No, 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 no. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And they are taken into captivity. This is God's people, by the way. In case you are you're not, you missed that. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Oh, God is talking to his church this morning. We need to contend for revelation. We need to grow deeper, go deeper, go deeper into the word of God, go deeper into the things of God. Families need to gather together. God has given us an opportunity now. Instead of gathering, I'm not... Again, I'm not legislating what you should spend your time on, but gather your family together and do Bible study and read the Word of God together and pray together and worship together. Amen? Take your time alone and, and get in your face before the Lord. This is the season that God has given us. Let's take advantage of it. Let's take advantage of it. Glory to God. Glory to God. In Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked the disciples a question. Who do men say that I am? Peter replied, you are the Christ. You know the passage, you know the story. The son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father in heaven. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, that was one of the reasons that Peter became the rock. But I want to bring something to us this morning that you may know already, but you may not know. He's talking about on this revelation that I am the Christ, the son of this living God. On that revelation, I'll build my church. So, the disciples have been hanging around Jesus, yet... It was only Peter in that moment that had the revelation that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. So you have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself, Lord, what do I understand wrongly, if I can use that term? What am I misunderstanding in the word of God? Lord, set me straight. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous thing out of your law. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, show me revelation. You know, we are in the season of um, uh, resurrection. We are in the season of Passover. 
And many in the church, they are completely oblivious. They just see, they just see it as a the time to collect, you know, eggs and candies and, and do rabbits and do bunnies and do... And many church are enamored by that. Come on, church. We have to go deeper than that. We have to go further than that. It's about Jesus. I'm here to talk about Jesus. And I say the word become flesh. I'm talking about Jesus. The word has to come alive inside you. It has to become a revelation. You know, the word that has become flesh in the life of my pastor is what's working for him. The word that has become flesh in my life is what's working for me. Like it or lump it. That is the truth. You know, this is the season where the pulpit has to preach the truth without dancing around it. We have to say it like it is. We must get on our face before God and ask for deeper revelation and say, Lord, show me. What is your prayer life like? What is your study life like? What is your love walk like? What is my love walk like? You know, churches, like I, in the beginning of the message, I talked about churches that don't talk to one another, or brothers that don't talk to one another, sisters that don't talk to one another, family members that don't talk to one another, and we lift up holy hands. Oh, God is calling us to repentance. God is calling us to get our heart in order. God is calling us to rend our hearts. Amen. God is calling his church. He's coming for a church without spot. He's coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. We can see in the passage that we read in John chapter 20. This is a day of celebration. You know, this is Palm Sunday. Jesus triumphantly rode into Jerusalem. <laughs> Glory to God. You have to contend and ask God for revelation, deeper revelation. And say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. We should not be distracted because of everything that's going on. We should not be distracted because of the, you know, rumors and rumors of war, pandemic, uh, coronavirus, and all this stuff that's going on. People losing their livelihood. People losing this, losing that. The Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I won't tell you. I don't lie to you. I'm going over there to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. So God is saying to us, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, he's going to take care of you. So you need to take that to the bank. Put that in your back pocket. Now God is calling his bride. You are his bride. I am his bride. He's saying, son, daughter, come away with me. Come hang with me. Come spend quality time with me. I believe that's what God has put in my heart this morning, that we must contend in this season. We must spend good quality time with the Lord. I know many of you, you are working from home. If you are working from home, make sure you give the time to your job. But once you are off the clock, spend time with your family. Spend time with the Lord. Amen? Spend time with the Lord. This is the time God is calling his church. And I want to take this moment to ask us where you are in your living room, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, where you are right now, for those that are in the sanctuary with me. Let's just take a moment and just spend this two minutes or, or three minutes to just cry unto God this morning. You know your heart. You know your life. You know where you are with the Lord. You know whether you are right with the Lord or not. And if you are right with the Lord, ask God for strength to keep going for strength for the journey that's ahead, for strength and grace to carry you through to the, next, to the next phase of the journey that's ahead. Oh, Father, I just ask this morning, oh God, for myself, Lord, I, I rend my heart, oh God. I rend my heart before you. Everything that is not pleasing before you in my life. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness this morning. I cry unto you this morning. Lord, I cry unto you this morning that you will help me, you will strengthen me, that the Holy Ghost, the mighty Holy Spirit, who is my helper, will come alongside of me and show me areas where I need, I need to make adjustment, where I need to make adjustment in my heart and in my life, oh God. Lord, I pray for 
Global River Church, everyone that's watching under the sound of my voice, Lord, I ask, oh God, for the release of grace, even right now. Grace to wait on you as we wait on you in this week and in the week to come, as we fast and we, and we afflict our bodies, oh God, to, to pray and to seek your face. Your word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins and you will heal our land. Lord, in this moment also, we pray for our president. We pray for the vice president, those in the cabinet, and those in Congress that are making decisions, those in the hospital, leadership of hospitals, leadership of businesses that are essential, that are working right now. Lord, that you will strengthen them, that you will help them, you will give them divine wisdom, even in this time and in this season. We pray for our families, oh God. I pray for every family under the sound of my voice. I pray for everyone that's watching right now, those that will watch the rebroadcast. Lord, I ask, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that your Shekinah presence, the kabod of God, with tabernacle in every one of our homes, that you will come alongside of us and help us and strengthen us. I rebuke the spirit of depression right now in the name of Jesus. I command it to lose God's people right now in the name of Jesus. I release the spirit of boldness, the boldness of a lion, the boldness of our papa. I release it right now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of depression, oppression, suppression, I command you to leave now in the name of Jesus I lose joy joy of the Lord I lose the joy of the Lord in now in the moment right now in the name of Jesus I lose the peace of God even in the moment right now in the name of Jesus I lose the peace of God I lose the joy of the Lord in the moment right now in the name of Jesus oh I declare it is well it is well with you it is well with your family in the name of the Lord Jesus it is well with you it is well with with your family. Oh, weeping may endure for you now, but joy comes in the morning. We are in the morning of the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, the Bible says, arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. Gentiles shall come to his light and kings to the brightness of your rising. That's the word of the Lord. Yes, there will be darkness, but you, you as a child of God. The Lord will arise upon you with healing in his wings in the name of Jesus. I declare liberty right now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of depression, suppression, lose God's people right now in the name of Jesus. I stand as the mouthpiece of God this morning and I declare liberty in the house in the name of Jesus. In your homes, in your business, in your body, in your mind, I declare the liberty of God in the name of Jesus. I lose the peace of God right now in the name of Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace that passes all understanding in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we declare it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We honor you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we receive your word with humility. We receive your word with all humbleness, with gladness in our heart, O oh God. And Lord, I pray the grace to make the adjustment that you are speaking about, to make the adjustment that you desire for us to make. Lord, we receive that grace now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I've got two more minutes. I want to give us some uh, inspired advice. I, if you have somebody to call, I will encourage you to get on the phone and call that person and make amends. If you have a brother or sister you need to call, make that phone call and say, my sister, my brother, I am sorry. Let's, let's restore our relationship uncles, aunties, nephews, nieces, make sure you mend fences. Amen? And I just want you to know that the Lord's got your back. No matter what's going on, the Lord has your back. And everything's going to be all right. Amen? Praise the Lord.